Welcome to the Minutes of Faith podcast, where we dive into Scripture and explore amazing things God is doing today. Our aim is for you to receive encouragement and God's direction for you in today's world. Here's your host and author of her latest book, Praying for America and the Army of God, Debbie Jansen. Today I want to talk about how God shows up in dreams. Our scripture for today is Matthew 2.13. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child in order to kill him. Our brain is complex and it never shuts off. Even when we feel like we experience total sleep without any interruptions, our brain is still hard at work. The patterns of activity in the brain changes during different sleep stages. In fact, brain activity during the REM cycle or rapid eye movement cycle will elevate to a level as strong as when you're awake. Scientists have discovered that shifts in our brain activity during sleep are critical to effective thinking, memory, and emotional processing. And that fact is what I want to talk about today. Dreams can be caused by foods, anxieties, or worries. Dreams can be soothing or filled with nightmares. Sometimes we remember dreams and sometimes we don't. Some scientists, however, believe that whatever we are concerned or worried about during the day, our brain will continue to search for answers during sleep at night. That's why some people have found answers to major problems while they were sleeping. My dad was an avid reader, and I remember him doing a sermon on dreams and how he included documentation for those situations. Dad held up an article and told the story of Adolf Hitler. Apparently, some of his men were working on a nuclear bomb. While Hitler was a believer in wonder weapons, he was not one to deviate from the tried-and-true weapons that he had used. It was recorded that he listened to the push for a nuclear bomb, but dismissed it after a dream that portrayed it as a complete failure. Was it God that kept him from doing research that could have changed history? The first sewing machine was patented by Charles F. Weisenthal. I don't remember if he was the one who had the dream or if it was one of his colleagues, but there was a problem with the needle and causing it to interlock threads so they didn't ravel. After struggling with the problem for weeks, one night, Charles had a dream of a needle with an elongated hole being thrust into a circle that contained more thread. The next morning, he woke up with the solution that still works in sewing machines today. In the early 1700s, making buckshot was a tedious job. William Watts had a dream where he saw molten lead rushing over the edge of a waterfall. As it rolled and cooled, tiny beads formed. And he built a three-story tower that dropped molten lead from the top of the tower. As the lead turns, it becomes spherical and then cools in the water below. And that's how buckshot is still made today. 
Do you believe that God can use dreams to give us answers for problems? I do. Men in almost every profession have experienced solutions to problems through their dreams. Now, the rarest form of dreams can come from God. According to researches, the sensors in our brain will try to block out and cause us to reject anything that doesn't conform to logic and our usual way of thinking. But when we dream, those same sensors are limited. So with a dream, God can bypass the limiting restrictions of words and also the sensors in our brain. And we will be able to see the totality of all that God wants to express to us through our visionary selves rather than critical sensors. A dream from God must be interpreted and understood or it is worthless. With the power of situations, colors, actions, and immediate comprehension, we can follow God's purpose as it is burned into our memory. God-sent dreams can stay with us for years or even an entire lifetime. My favorite example of this comes from my son, Jamie. He was living in California, working an incredibly difficult job and auditioning for acting parts. At that time, calling home was expensive and we rarely had the time we needed to give him all the verbal support he required. He said he was incredibly lonely. In his words, he explained it this way. I was 3,000 miles away, he said. I was in a city where absolutely no one cared about me. People at work talked to me, and some even said we were friends, but I would go months on end without anyone wanting to join me for a simple meal. I felt totally alone and unwanted. California and the acting community is very selfish and very self-contained. I started to feel like I needed to come home, but I wasn't sure I should give up this dream yet. I wasn't thinking about any particular family member. I was just at the lowest point of my life. Now, I talked to Jamie just before this podcast. It's been over 15 years since the experience, yet recalling the memories with me, Jamie began to choke. Tears formed in his eyes as he continued. I was so tired that I quickly fell asleep one night. I dreamed one of the most vivid dreams of my life. I knew I was at work, but it didn't look like it should. It didn't look like work. Someone was rushing me through hallways and underground tunnels with pipes hanging from the ceiling. It was like the kind you would find under a restaurant or a hotel. I didn't have a clear picture of my guide, but he would pull me around the corner or point to another hallway. Then he said, You've, you have to come this way. Then he said, they want to see you in this room. And finally, he shoved me through a door. The room had about a hundred people in it. They all started clapping and were excited to see me. 
My parents, siblings, cousins, and friends from home were all there to celebrate. I was stunned and filled with such love. Standing in the middle of the room was my Grandpa Jansen. He was holding a cake. Now, Grandpa Jansen was a wonderful man, but he had passed away about six years before this experience. He was strong, tall, and had massive hands. Grandpa Jansen walked over to Jamie, set the cake down on the table, grabbed him, and hugged him. Jamie started crying at this point. He said, I woke up and burst out crying. Grandpa had come to see me. For several minutes after the dream, I could still still feel Grandpa's strong arms hugging me. While in California, even when days were difficult, I was changed. I didn't feel as alone as I had. I was more at peace. I knew there were people looking out for me, and somehow I knew that I was loved and would be okay. He put his head down as he was talking to me. Even now, that dream still gives me great hope. Now, Jamie's story is wonderful, but it's not unique. God can show up in our dreams and give us just the boost we need to solve a problem or to feel his great love. Never be afraid of those dreams. If they're God-sent, they will give you a new look on life. Dear Jesus, thank you for caring so much about us that you are willing to show up in our lives. Please be with my listeners today. Help them to know that you will do anything necessary to help them feel your love, understand your purpose, or tackle their problems. We thank you for insight, for peace, and for beautiful dreams. I ask you to give my listeners hope and a strong trust in you. In the precious name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen. If you're looking for more encouragement and guidance, claim your copy today of Praying for America and the Army of God by Debbie Jansen. It's available on Amazon.com or visit DebbieJansen.com. Get your copy today.